So I want to look at a bunch of scripture today that all of it is so familiar. And yet, as as I was thinking of pulling it together, it just, I hope it opens our eyes, opens our hearts to a fuller understanding. And so I'm calling it Jesus Brilliance. Our eyes relax in a darkened room without the need to focus. But when lights are abruptly brought back up, like after a movie at the theater, we wince with the almost painful inrush of brightness as we wait for our eyes to readjust to the now illuminated environment. As those previously trapped in spiritual darkness, when being introduced to the light of life, there needs to be a gradual acclimatizing, a slow pivot, a stage-by-stage turning to face the enormous shining all around us. Knowing Jesus, then, is a multi-phased process spread out over whatever amount of time is needed to awaken our souls to our new dwelling place. Isaiah prophesied, those who walked in darkness have seen a radiant light shining upon them. They once lived in the shadows of death, but now a glorious light has dawned. And in the New Testament, the sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature, his mirror image, that of Hebrews 1.3 from the Passion. So the light himself knows that too much of his brilliance all at once would overwhelm us. And so just understanding this brilliance is, I think, is worth taking some time to to look at and to consider here today. And so not to confuse you, but I've, I've discovered another New Testament version. It's called the Kingdom New Testament by theologian N.T. Wright. Uh, many of us probably are familiar with Tom Wright. And so this is in the prologue of John's Gospel. And I'd just like to read several verses here, 1 through 5, 9 and 14, just for time's sake, instead of reading it, the whole passage. So let me read these verses. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was close beside God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, he was close beside God. All things came into existence through him. Not one thing that exists came into existence without him. Life was in him, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to every human being, was coming into the world. And verse 14, and the word became flesh and lived among us. We gazed upon his glory. Glory like that of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. So what John, and, you know, we've talked about this before, but the the other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, were written in the late 60s, 
some 30 years after Jesus went back to the Father. John is writing his gospel another 30 years later. It's often referred to just as the fourth gospel, but he's writing it later and he's trying, he's counteracting a lot of heresy that is already creeping in. The enemy's already doing his work, sowing lies to discourage and distract and to confound uh, believers, followers of Jesus. And so John is writing this and he's looking at this. And I, I love when he, when he says this in verse five, the light shines, present tense, in the darkness and the darkness did not in the past overcome it. So the light is still shining and as much as the darkness tried, it couldn't overcome it. So there was a rejection of the light but the light is still shining. And then with that shining in mind in verse 14, when it talks about we gazed upon his glory, glory like that of the father's only son, full of grace and truth. So here's this shining, this brilliance that is broken in in this, this breaking in of the kingdom, breaking in of this new age in Jesus. And so the blank in number one is the light present. Jesus has come and the light is now eternally present, never to be extinguished. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And so this this introduction of the kingdom, the breaking into the kingdom after four centuries of silence between the Old and the New Testament, Jesus comes and John is declaring him in the first couple of verses here, close beside. He was, other versions say he was with God. He was God. But he, I like it when he says, he was close beside. He was right there. They were in community. We often talk about the divine trinity as a community of holy love. And Jesus was right there. Nothing was created without him because he is God. And so we, we come into this situation of seeing how God introduced the kingdom, introduced Jesus as the brilliance, full of glory, full of grace and truth. And so we move on and we look into, into John 8. And I'm going to read this John 8 out of, out of the Passion. But just one verse here, as Jesus is, is responding to the Jewish leaders, and you, you know, we always are aware that Jesus had a rather complicated relationship with the Jewish leadership. They were never fully accepting. So in John 8, 58, Jesus makes this absolutely stunning declaration. He says to them, I give you this eternal truth. I have existed long before Abraham was born, for I am. Now, so Jesus is, has already been making, you can read more of these verses here in John 8, 
but he's been kind of counteracting in a rather powerful way their claims. And so just this one verse, I think was enough to, as we used to say, rock them back. They're just like, what? What are you saying? And he says, I give you, not, so the passion when it says, I give you this eternal truth. Long before Abraham was born, I am. It's like, what? And so what I think is really the, the impact on the Jewish leaders who are listening to Jesus say this, do you know, every once in a while, you can have a, a situation where you you hear something or maybe you smell something and it transports you back to where you first experienced it. Have you ever had that kind of an experience where just all of a sudden there's something that just, it's like, I recognize that and it's from way in your past and you remember and it's like, oh, sometimes like a, a smell. And we were talking this past week when Duke and Marie Lancaster were visiting us and the subject of um, maple syrup came up, the, the real maple syrup from trees, not from a chemistry lab. And the smell of going to uh, a maple sugar camp where they were boiling the, the sap to make it, you know, and so when they, we talked about that, that image and that smell, just the thought of it brought me back to, as a child, going to these sugar camps and, and walking inside these little shacks where this sap was boiling and the smell was just so amazing. I'm going to stop there because it makes me hungry thinking about it. But I think when Jesus says, before Abraham was born, I am. It was so incredible to them because I think his saying that pushed them all the way back in their memories to the passage in Exodus chapter 3, where God was calling Moses to rescue the children of Israel. And so I want to read these a few verses here. Exodus 3, 13 through 3, verses 13 through 15, I think. So God's trying to get Moses to do this, and Moses is giving God a hard time. And so Moses says, and this is in the voice, Moses says, let's say I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your fathers has sent me to rescue you. And then they reply, what is his name? What should I tell them? God says this, I am who I am. This is what you should tell the people of Israel. I am has sent me to rescue you. This is what you are to tell Israel's people. The eternal, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob is the one who has sent me to you. This is my name forevermore, and this is the name by which all future generations shall remember me. So these poor Jewish leaders who thought they had won over on Jesus and had exposed him as a liar, all of a sudden Jesus makes this statement and they go right back to them and God saying to them, this is the name by which all my people will remember me forever. 
And I don't think they know hardly what to say at this point, because Jesus has made such a clear reference to God speaking. This is just an incredible, an incredible declaration on God's part. And Jesus making this reference, showing his past existence before Abraham was born, I am. And Abraham was their point of reference. Abraham was their father, the father of their faith. And so Jesus is just stunning them with this revelation. And I think it's just a, a powerful, powerful thing. And so I am sometimes is translated just with the four letters, Y-H-W-H, which is referred to as the Tetragrammaton, the big name, and it's often spoken as Yahweh, but it really is from the Hebrew root of to be, so it's, it's a reference of I am eternally, and so in the Passion Translation or the Voice Translation, they just refer to the as the eternal one, instead of always saying I am. But the Jewish leaders would have recognized this. And so then if we turn to Matthew 17, Jesus' transfiguration. Speaking of Jesus' brilliance, Matthew 17, let me read out of the Passion, the first eight verses of Matthew's gospel. Matthew 17, 1 through 8. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, Jacob or James and John, and hiked up a high mountain to be alone. Then Jesus' appearance was dramatically altered. A radiant light as bright as the sun poured from his face, and his clothing became luminescent, dazzling like lightning. He was transfigured before their very eyes. Then suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared, and they spoke with Jesus. Peter blurted out, Lord, it's so wonderful that we are all here together. If you want, I'll construct three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But while Peter was still speaking, a radiant cloud composed of light spread over them, enveloping them all. And God's voice suddenly spoke from the cloud, saying, This is my dearly beloved son, the constant focus of my delight. Listen to him. The three disciples were dazed and terrified by this phenomenon, and they fell face down to the ground. But Jesus walked over and touched them, saying, Get up and stop being afraid. When they finally opened their eyes and looked around, they saw no one else there but Jesus. I don't even know if I would have wanted to have been there. Can you imagine? I mean, they're standing on this mountaintop, and all of a sudden, Jesus glows from the inside out. Like the sun is shining out of his face, and his clothing is so bright that it's like it's dazzling. It's hurting their eyes. And as if that's not enough, all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah appear beside Jesus, and they start talking to him. 
Now, if you've ever had an out-of-body experience, this has got to come really, really close. But it doesn't stop there. So Peter, of course, being always the impetuous one, thinks, wow, this is a great opportunity to build a memorial to this great occasion. So in one version, it calls it tents. The Passion says, I'll build shrines, monuments forever. And But while Peter is still talking, it gets even more overwhelming. And now an entire light-filled cloud. I mean, it's almost like, I don't even know how computer-generated illustrations or CGI images could even do this. But a, a cloud that was actually light surrounded them to the point where the three disciples just fell to the ground. They were so overwhelmed with this. And I think it's because what happened is they saw Jesus, how he really was, the true dazzling mirror image of the Father, shining like the sun itself. And so not just the, the human side, but they actually saw the revelation of his glory and his eternal brilliance. But then the thing that really gets me in this is Peter has just talked about building three shrines. God speaks from the cloud. And what does he say? This is my beloved son. He doesn't even mention Moses and Elijah. I mean, you'd have thought if you were going to bring these guys, you know, bring these guys out for a conversation with Jesus, that you would want to also mention them. But no, what God says here, at least in the, in the Passion Translation, he says, this is my dearly loved son, the constant focus of my delight, listen to him. So get your focus off of Moses and Elijah. We'll never be totally sure all of the implications of that appearance. When you talk about your cameo appearances, I mean, that was pretty amazing. But God's focus is still on his son. And so the blank for me, and number two, is the light passed. Before Abraham was born, I am. And three of his inner circle disciples get to see this image of Jesus transfigured, Moses and Elijah standing and talking with him. They get to witness that. And then they're stunned into silence. And isn't it interesting? God says to him, says, listen to him. And then Jesus walks over and touches them and says, stop being afraid. Such, here's the eternal God. This is as close as they're going to ever get to seeing the fuller revelation of God. As they see Jesus transfigured before them, and we won't be reading this this morning, but as you continue reading there, as they go back down the mountain, you remember what Jesus said? Don't tell anybody. 
Let this be our secret. Don't tell anybody what you've seen and experienced on the mountaintop. Okay, guys, let's just keep this amongst ourselves. So can you imagine how hard that would be to not tell anybody what you've seen, what you've experienced? Hearing God speak and all the other things, I don't know how long the entire episode lasted, but I don't think they're going to experience anything close to this until the little happening on Pentecost uh, after Jesus has been taken back. That might have rivaled that experience just a bit. But Jesus is not just the light present in this world as a, as a counterforce against the forces of darkness, but he's also the light past or the light eternal. He always existed because he, he is God. And these disciples have now seen this. And so just this momentary brilliance. You know, in the Old Testament, it says no one can see God and live. And so I think what, they're, what it's saying is it's just too much. It's too overpowering. We'd probably just be obliterated by, by this. And you know, I've, I've often mentioned, and, you know, Patrick and Kimberly are, are aware of this, you know, if you're on stage under stage lights with no makeup on, none of this yucky, thick stuff, you have no face left. The light is so brilliant. You, all you are, you're just, all you are is a reflection of the light, but you have no facial features. And so they have to put all this really nasty cake makeup or whatever it is on you so you, you can actually see facial expressions. And so I think this is what happens when God shows his brilliance and his, he reveals even momentarily the fuller reality of Jesus' glory. When John says we have beheld his glory, well, maybe he's referring to having been there on the mountaintop with Jesus, we beheld it, but only for a bit because we couldn't handle it and it knocked us out. We were face down on the ground in short order. So not only is it a light present among us because the kingdom has broken in, but it's a light that has always existed. And then John 14 these verses, again, reading out of N.T. Wright's New Testament, the Kingdom New Testament. But John 14, the first 11 verses. Let's, let's look at this very familiar passage. John 14, starting in verse 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled, Jesus continued. Trust God and trust me, too. There is plenty of room to live in my father's house. If that wasn't the case, I'd have told you, wouldn't I? I'm going to get a place ready for you. And if I do go and get a place ready for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you can be there where I am. And as to where I'm going, you know the way. Actually, master, said Thomas to him, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? I am the way, replied Jesus, and the truth and the life. 
Nobody comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father. From now on, you do know him. You have seen him. Just show us the Father then, Master, said Philip to Jesus, and that'll be good enough for us. Have I been with you for such a long time, Philip, replied Jesus, and still you don't know me? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I'm speaking to you, I'm not speaking on my own initiative. You must trust that it's the Father who lives in me who is doing his own works. You must trust me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. If not, then trust because of all the things you've seen done. And here is the light future. Jesus says, there's much room. There are many rooms in my father's house. And I'm going to go there and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I do that, I'm going to come back and take you so that you can be with me. So it's the light future. He's not just here and then that ministry is over and gone away and we'll never see him again. Jesus' promise is, I'm going to come back and I'm going to take you to be with me where I am, where I am eternally, and you will be with me, basically he's saying, you will be with me eternally in my father's house. And so the disciples have this amazing promise that they will be with Jesus. It's never going to end. So this, the brilliance, this light that is shining in the darkness that we talk about is Jesus. He's present with us today. He's always been the light from eternity past because he is God. And he is also the light, the glory, the brilliance, the shining that will welcome us home. And he knows that too much of his brilliance revealed to us, obviously, is going to be too much. And so just like the disciples, the Lord gives his, reveals himself little by little. And isn't it all of our experience that when we get glimpses of God, it's overwhelming, it's so surprising, it's so beautiful. When God, sometimes God does little things, helps us just to find things that we thought were lost forever. And we just, we pray and God helps us. He goes, and he just shows us that, okay, I care. I am a light shining. I'm going to reveal this to you. Or how many of us have had these experiences of reading scripture passages and all of a sudden on the 1,000 and one times something else pops out of that scripture verse and it's like I don't think I've ever seen that there and one of the things I love about all the different translations is just getting just different wording helps to highlight something a little differently than I've seen before and you go running back to other translations to compare them and it helps to understand a little bit more of 
who God is and this relationship he's called us into. So we're, we are walking in a day when there's incredible darkness, but the light is with us. And the, the darkness cannot, will not ever overcome it. So as dark as the dark gets, the light keeps shining. It's an eternal flame. That light lives in us through this miracle of our rebirth, this miracle of salvation that is ours, this new life in Christ. It shines in us, illuminates, helps us to understand, and the Holy Spirit lives in us to lead us into all truth, to into greater grace, greater glory. And it's it's an amazing journey. As we focus on Jesus' brilliance, his shining in, in spiritual direction, when, when we do spiritual direction, often, you know, we, we do, and, and when I've done it in the past and hope to be doing it in the future, meeting one-on-one with someone. But I, we often will light a candle to put it on, on the table, on the desk, to say to represent the light, God's light. The Holy Spirit is with us in this. So it's not just myself and one other person. God is with us as well. His light is there, shining. So it's a symbol of this light that is there. He's listening. He's leading us. So the Jesus' brilliance shines in us and around us. And we get to go everywhere, living out loud this new life that is ours with his light shining in us. And unbeknownst to us, people recognize there is something in us. Maybe they wouldn't call, they don't know it's light, but they know something is different. And they know that there is something else beyond just our physical being. And that's because the light is shining and the light is drawing and inviting others. The the verse here that I've printed out at the bottom as we conclude here this morning from Philippians 3 in the Passion. This is Paul's testimony. And it says, and I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with him in his sufferings and I will be one with him in his death. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection from the realm of death. I love it that Paul is saying, this is what I do. You know, when he says, I press on, I don't think I've already achieved all of this, but I press on to take hold. I keep working at this. I like a runner running a race. I'm still working at this. And so I like it when it says, I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully. I relate to that. I think that's all our testimonies. We long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully because it's only when we see him face to face that we will fully know and be fully known. 
So it's only then that we'll be able to experience complete oneness. And so as we, as we journey, as I often say, as we make this journey to the Father's heart, you know, we, we don't do it perfectly. We don't do it without detours, without our own little hissy fits every once in a while. And, you know, maybe our little temper tantrums or whatever, because things don't work out necessarily the way we want. But it's a journey to the Father's heart. He loves us. And his brilliance will lead us safely home. At the end of Psalm 23, you know, I will dwell forever in your presence. And, and so that's the journey we're on. That's who Jesus is. That's what he's done in us. He's lit a light in us that will never go out. And he's constantly leading us. So it's a light that is present. It's been passed since the past, and it's also future leading us on eternally on. So let me pray for us, and then let's, let's share some understanding of how God has done that with us, maybe how we've experienced the brilliance of Jesus, the shining, the, the glory moments we've had. And then, you know, we'll take some time to, to listen to see if God has words that we want to share with one another as well. So, Father, thank you for these, these scripture passages that speak so clearly of your eternal existence. Father, thank you for the breaking in of the kingdom in Jesus and this light that is the light of life. Thank you for the light that you've placed within us. In the midst of our humanity and our weakness and our fallenness, that this light that is in us will safely lead us home. We give you praise today for all that is ours in you. This inheritance that we can scarcely comprehend. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for this amazing inheritance that is ours in Jesus. Continue to lead us. We bless you for these words. May they continue to have their, their way with us as we contemplate them in this coming week. And we bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen. So could we maybe just take some sharing? What? What experiences maybe of God's the brilliance, the shining, his, his glory have we had in the years we've walked with him? How has he maybe revealed himself to us? Sometimes it's in big ways. Sometimes it's in really small mm -hmm. ways. Yeah. Well, for me, of course, is it was my salvation experience where I really wanted to know whether God was real or not. And I started praying with Joan in the morning and, uh, you know, first thing that happened was I just got, you know, it's like goosebumps all over me. Uh, only there were no goosebumps, you know, that was on a Monday morning. And then on Tuesday morning, we started praying and same thing. And then 
And I was just praying, God, if you're real, make it clear to me. And what came to me was Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And I mean, it came to me just in an overpowering way. I knew that was true more than I knew for sure my name was Brian or anything else. I mean, it just was totally overwhelming, totally overwhelming. And, and of course, you know, part of the excitement of all that is, is I realized that the God of the universe actually cared about me and spoke to me and somehow or another communicated to me, little old me, you know, and it was just totally overwhelming. The experience was overwhelming. And of course, I became obnoxious after that, you know, <laughs> went around telling everybody, you know, Jesus is alive. And if they didn't know Jesus, they kind of like, okay, Brian, sorry, <laughs> you know. And if they were Christians, they'd say, yes, I know that. I say, no, you don't understand. <laughs> Jesus is alive. Jesus. At any rate, <laughs> there have been other minor things since then where I know God has spoken to me, but nothing was ever quite as overwhelming as that. And, and it, was, it was a brilliant experience. It's just amazing. Just amazing. Brilliant. I just have a, a testimony of when I was just born again. I have others. I mean, like, I mean, for example, I, I was looking for something today. couldn't find it. Couldn't find it for five or six days. And I found it today. And it, it just, you know, I had prayed 30 minutes before. Okay, God, I give up. Where is this thing? Because we're trying to pack, right? And boom, just found it. I mean, those are little things. But I think yes. one, of, one of the neat things is, is just his, his guardianship of his children. And I had known though the lord for three weeks and i was coming over to vienna austria to do my semester abroad and right before i left my dad said oh listen there's somebody that works in our company uh, for our company and he lives over in vienna and here's his name his name is fritz turnovsky and you might run into him or you know whatever and i said yeah 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 dad thanks and i stuck it in my coat pocket yeah yeah i like i have time for that right and um, so when I get over to Vienna, I, long story short is that there wasn't anybody to meet me. I thought there was somebody to meet me. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I mean, I'd been to Europe before, so I wasn't scared, but it was like, okay, so now what do I do? So then I did get desperate because you haven't slept forever and <laughs> then you can't think straight. And you're hauling this big bag around because you're going to be there for three months. And and it's just kind of a mess. I go to my friend who lives in the, the uh, who's going to university there and, and knocked on her apartment door. She wasn't there. Nobody's there. I'm starting to cry. And I, I then it was only, oh, then I just said, okay, God, I don't know. And then I... I said, I reached in my pocket and I looked at this, this address for Fritz Ternofsky. And I said, okay. So I get to a phone and I'm calling up this, this gentleman and, and uh, ta -da 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 -da. I, um, I don't know where I am and I don't have a place to stay. And can you help me? And, you know, and he says, I sure can help you. 
He's, uh, and he says, where are you? And I says, well, this is where I am. He says, I live right behind that. <laughs> In the entire city of Vienna, Austria, he lives like one block behind. And I said, I'll be right there. He says, you want me to come pick you up? I said, no, I'll be right there. I mean, that's God's guardianship and love yes. for us. So, I mean, that's brilliance. You know, that's mm -hmm. just a headstrong, stupid girl thinks she can do it all. And it was a mess. So, but isn't that sweet? There's so many stories like that. God just loves us so much. Yes, there are. Yep. And you know what? I need to remember that when I go to France. Yes. I may be old, but I, I need that, friends. And by yes. the way, by the way, I will be sending you all itineraries very soon. That's on the good, list. The to-do to list. And <laughs> also, Keith and Tammy lost internet. And so that's why they're not here. Okay, done. Thank you. Yeah. My, I think because God knows I'm easily overwhelmed when he wants to show me something, I don't get it right away. It's after the fact. As I look in the rearview mirror, I realize what God has done. And so over and over again, my experience is just... First of all, he never tells me what he's about to do because, you know, I'm stubborn enough that I'll probably I'll probably run away from Nineveh. And so he takes me there first and then I have to wake up and realize where I am. So that's how I got to France. I didn't know what I was doing and God got me there. And then at the I went first in 1989 for six months just as a tourist. I had no idea why I was really there. And at the end of my six months, I... I felt like I was supposed to be there, but I never, I didn't have any direction of what I was supposed to be doing. And through a really long convoluted thing, I find myself where I will end up living for the next seven years. And I don't realize what God has done through all these crazy haphazard weird things. And then I real, as I look back at him, just like, how did he do that? And, you know, and part of him, him doing that was, I think, the reason my now wife of 32 years said yes, because I was doing something that she thought was her job, not mine. And but it was, I didn't know what God was leading me to. And as only as I looked back, I realized, oh, you know, and of course, you've heard my testimony many times, I will never be a pastor, I will never be a missionary. And you know, recently I mentioned that to someone. They said, "Well, how's that working out for you?" <laughs> Not That's well, a good <laughs> Not very well. But anyway, so I never would have chosen these things, and God just keeps doing these things. And I suspect there there are more of those things on the way that He's not telling me about. So try to keep my radar up and listening to what God is doing. So He's He's amazing. <laughs> Anyone else? Oh, Deanna, yeah. Um, as some of you know, I've, I've shared a little bit about my year this year teaching, and it's it's very overwhelming because I have kids that have life-threatening issues that are in my class, and we have no school nurse, and I have one kid that's doesn't know his alphabet, and I just felt overwhelmed, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, let me carry the weight of that, and I just want to invite you uh -huh. to play. 
And I just felt like, I'm just coming in the classroom. I'm going to play with the kids. And um, it was so cool because I was praying for one of the kids that's struggling. I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. Show me how I can really minister to him because we have no resources. And I'm like, but I have God. And, and God showed some things. And it was so sweet to see the child excited, the light bulb gone off, going off. And it just was like, God, you showed up and you just invited me to come play with this child. And, and it was just really cool. And it just really took a lot of burden off. And it was kind of sweet of him. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, take the burden off and just come play. I love that. Mm, I yes. can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I have um, a story, oh my gosh, over 30 years ago um, about his presence. I had already been accepted at Regent and um, never thought I ever go back to school because that's not my thing. But I felt, you know, this was, would be the first time I moved out of state away from my family. And I just wasn't settled about it. So I was at an outdoor Amy Grant concert. And, um, oh, thank you. And uh, we were in the middle of this section. So there were people in front, there were rows behind. And, um, you know, I was praying what, while she was singing, whatever. And uh, I reached behind me to get my jacket and there was a man standing there Um, and he didn't say anything. He just looked into my eyes, put my jacket over my shoulders. And when he did that, I felt this peace. This is a total stranger. I don't know this person. So my sister says, what's wrong? What's wrong? (laughs) And I said, this man behind me just put my jacket on me. And she turned around. She goes, what man? And there were people on each side. I mean, if he were to leave, we would have seen him walking on either side. But there was no one there. There was no one in the seat behind me. There was no one walking down the rows. And I just knew it was God. And after that, I still didn't know what I was doing. I still had a lot of questions but I knew I was supposed to go to Regent and I would be okay. I would be more than okay. <laughs> but, um, but it w- I'll never forget that. I, I just have no other explanation. Um, when I tell the story, when I told the story to my young son, I said, well, it could have been an angel. All I know is he was from God. And he was so, he had such a kindness about his expression. He never said a word but he just put my jacket on my shoulders and everything changed. Wow. Wow. It's probably a good thing he didn't say anything. You probably would have fell out. (laughs) Wow. So good. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. So his presence and his presence, as you were saying, Don, you know, you don't see it coming. You don't even recognize it when it's there and and because of who he is his presence can manifest any way he chooses but i also like what i think either you or sue said it's the small thing that was such a small kind gesture but it meant the world to me at that moment Mm -hmm. and it still does i still remember it you know and it was yeah it's and it's much, it's much more than a jacket around the shoulders, obviously. <laughs> mm. 
We were, uh, Kimberly and I were talking this morning about, uh, well, it's just kind of a random question. She gave me this box of random questions and I love random questions. So we were talking and that seemed to be kind of the central issue was it's not big thing. This is really, I think the question had something to do with what do people, what does somebody do for you that really meant something to you? And we were both saying, uh, in a small, it's small every day. And I know in my experience, uh, I'm, you know, for various reasons, when I was small growing up and all that, I always felt alone in everything. Um, I lived in a house, not that there was anything wrong with anybody else in the house, but I was always very different from them. I never really felt like I had, I mean, I've grown most of my life in making decisions for myself, in solving problems myself and initiative and all this. And so um, it was just a couple of weeks back. I saw this movie about, and they were talking about God, the father. And I talked and, uh, and, you know, I said, okay, God, uh, you know, I, you have really been the father. I never knew whatever, you know, and, and um, God says, I've always been there. And um, then, and I felt like the servant on the wall, I think it was Elisha's servant. Who, Elisha said, open his eyes. And he opened his eyes and he saw the host of the Lord and uh, knew that they were going to be all right. And I, I felt like that, like open my eyes and look back at the past and the present and the future. And I know, oh my goodness, I walk with somebody who's always got the advice I need. Who And, and you can always take God's advice because, you know, you, you know, you, his advice may be, yeah, yeah. Walk down that road through the Valley of the shadow of death there, but you know, I'm not going to be walking alone and, and whatever I need, 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 and he's got it. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I come thinking of when you were like big, big light blare. I'm like, oh, no, I don't really live a life where I'm, I see a lot of this. You know, I'm, I haven't fallen on the road and been blinded in Jesus say, you know, accept me or whatever. I don't really have a one moment of salvation like other people do but um i i know one thing of now a day in my life about has god ever been away from me so uh deanna when you said god showed up like yeah god i showed up he was there <laughs> yeah so anyway thank you for listening to me ramble oh that's great good rambling yeah, thank you. I, I want to just mention something to, oh, Carol, you go ahead, and then I, I wanted to mention something to you, but go ahead. Um, well, I was thinking about what was said about <clears throat> God showing up in unexpected times, and you might not recognize it at the time, and you think about it later, and you think, holy smoke, uh, mm -hmm. he was there. And recently, one of my friends fell, as you know, Joan, and was severely injured. And I went in to visit her, and uh, we were talking about being hospitalized or whatever. And she said to me, it, I was talking about my open heart surgery, and she said, did you ever feel afraid? And I thought back on it, and I thought, gee, 
no, I didn't. And I remember going for x-rays prior to my surgery and I was sitting in the hallway waiting my turn. And I looked at the wall across from me and there was a sign next to a fire uh, alarm and it said, remain calm. <laughs> and, and after I saw that, I did just that. I, I just went through the whole thing without fear. And I think that was the Lord saying, you know, it's all right, I'm here with you. So I'm gonna give you this little sign just so you know, uh, and here it is, remain calm. So I told my friend Joan that, uh, and Joan is a non-believer and she sort of chuckled, but I thought, oh, if you only knew, he's here with you right now and you don't even know it. But it's uh, funny when you're not funny, but interesting when you reflect back on these things and realize that even though you didn't ask God to be there, he comes anyway. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Joan? Yeah. <clears throat> Patrick, I really appreciate your explanation of your salvation. I don't know that you would call it an experience, but that's the way it was for me too. My husband is the one who had the wonderful experience, but I can hardly remember coming into the kingdom at all. And so it's very helpful to know that I'm in good company. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I wanted to say briefly too, back to um, Carol. Carol, I just want to say that wherever you are, you bring courage to yes. people. Yes. It's, you bring courage to people. You don't have to do anything. It's God's work in you. And he, he, he well, it just got confirmed in it. Um, you just bring courage to people. And I, um, and I think in our day, we really need a lot of that. Yeah. So you walk in or you text or whatever, and just your, your attention to someone or you're taking the initiative to act on something or to call somebody or text. Somebody, you just bring courage into situations. So I just want to Thank you for that. That's one way that God uses you. That's one way that God uses you. He uses you in many ways. So thank you. That's good. Yeah. So any other, any of our stories or let's maybe just take a few moments to just listen. Does God have something to speak through us to someone or to all of us? And then, of course, we're not going to let you go until you pray for us for our trip. But yeah, just, <laughs> first of all, let's do this. Let's just let's wait. What does God have to say this morning, today? I um, saw a, a ladder and um, just 
an individual taking the first step and then there was a he or she took a second step up the ladder and so I, um, it seemed as if God was just saying you'll get there just one step at a time literally so John? I had an image of a very um, stuffed room, stuffed with people. And someone is trying to get out. That's the gist of it. And I'm trusting they have or will. Mm. Jenny, I just... Um... As we were praying, uh, I just was really, you radiate Christ in just an amazing way. Of all the things that you go through, you still radiate Christ and you have impact wherever you go. So your joy uh, just radiates through you. Christ radiates through you and you have impact that you don't even know and you don't even see. Amen. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. Thank you. God is good. And it shines through you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. That's that light we've been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Can't extinguish it. Mm. Not to be sacrilegious, but this is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. <laughs> yeah, mine too. You're, you're allowed. You get bragging rights. <laughs> That's right. Good. Yeah. You know, Brian is a as uh, a psychologist. Uh, when we talk about religion, um, so I, I would have to respond saying maybe we need a little more sacrilegious and a little 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 more sacrilegious than a little more faith uh, because sometimes uh, religion comes at the expense of faith. And, Amen. Uh, so, uh, and that's just a per way of a perspective on, on looking at things. So, so certainly don't burn me at the stake as a heretic, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, as I, you know, as I look at it, with you know, with the father's eyes, I see a person is uh, in a way is feeling you're, you're overwhelmed in a forest, and uh, there the saying is you can't see the forest for the trees. A lot of that because um, this person sees trees in their light, and they're surrounded by all these trees, and they can hardly see out of the cover of the trees. I don't know what that word is, but see the sun above. But uh, know that the Lord has put you in the forest of trees because the trees are our protection and trees are also a symbol of life. And so you are surrounded by life and you're surrounded by the, the life that God gives and God's life. So your forest is not a forest uh, as much a forest of problems and challenges as much as a forest of being surrounded and uh Maybe uh, Donna, so you can take that word to you uh, with you. 
to France as encouragement. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Something to say there. That's what he's seeing right now. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, that's good. That's a good word. What about you two going to France? Or just indicate, you know, it's interesting, you know, Don never wanted to be a pastor and he never wanted to be a missionary. And now God has made him very, very good at both. And that's great. And, and Sue, she started out as a German major. Somehow she winds up in France all the time. Okay. <laughs> and she loves it. And both of you really have a love for France now and everything. And so, you know, God is with you in this thing. He really is. This is, this is a God thing that you guys are doing. And he's going to bless you there. And he's going to use you in the way he wants to use you. But it's also going to be good for you. It's going to be uplifting and a blessing for you. Mm. Thank Amen. You. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, so if anyone wants to pray for the vineyard trip to France, you can do that. Carol, were you going to say something here? Um, you caught me off guard. I, I, I don't. I, I think I just want to repeat what I said last Sunday when uh, Duke and Marie were here and they asked mm -hmm. what each one of us thought about you. And so in my prayer for you, and I remember that I said, what struck me most about the two of you was your unshakable faith. And uh, I repeat that in a prayer that you will undoubtedly take that with you when you go to France. And that yes. will be your guide through all <laughs> that you do there. Mm. And their message. Thank you. Thank you. I um, normally don't get these, but I, I really feel like this is going to be a true time of healing and all sorts of healing, <sighs> physical healing, mental healing, psychological healing, emotional healing, international healing. Um, not, you know, so much so that it, what is happening in the church in France, while you're over there, will be noticed in a positive Ooh. way by those who aren't involved at this point. Um, so healing just kept coming through, healing, healing, healing. And, um, you know, Duke was was great. He's like, don't be shy about it, you know. So I, I think all this is, is timing is perfect that we had Duke come in and just give us a surge about, you know, physical healing. Um, but it's so much bigger than that. It's so mm -hmm. much broader than that. It's so much deeper than that. And I believe healing will happen within both of you and that the overflow of that will uh. spill out. I believe there'll be a mutual exchange of, I don't know about the laying on the hands. I don't know if the church in France does that, but there will be connections that some will last for a while after you leave and some will be just for that moment. But God is so much bigger and so much deeper and so much cooler 
<laughs> and how he does things. So creative, so awesome. And I'm like Don. I think Don and I are both introverts, so we can get overwhelmed real fast. But I promise you, Don, whatever happens, God's going to carry you. And you can just float through it um, as if you're being baptized again. Mm. You just float through the, those waters of healing. Um, and I trust him for the outcome. I know sometimes we, we have words and we pray about that. So we want to hear results. I don't care about results. I care. I trust him for whatever outcome, whatever timing. But I do feel very strongly that there's going to be healing happening in certain divine appointments and connections while you're hallelujah i mean that we're hoping for that for sure thank you, thank you. Can, yeah pray for you guys and yes. any, i guess can pray that wants to too mm-hmm. um lord jesus i we all love don and sue so much and appreciate them and lord as um i was just praying i just would like you to anoint them in a special way to preach good news. I mean, they've got, they've got you and so much good news. It's just massive. All the good news that you have. And some people really need to hear something that's Mm -hmm. a benefit and a blessing and encouragement to infuse courage. So Lord, I just pray that you would give them what your heart is for each specific person that they encounter Lord for some good news that they need to hear, Lord. And I just ask this, that you would anoint them powerfully with your Holy Spirit for that good, beneficial news that each person needs to hear. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Lord God, we thank you for our pastors, uh, Don and Sue. We thank you, God, for their presence in our lives. And so at this time, as they are headed for France with the with your word in their hearts and your direction in their minds, we offer them to you, our friends, Don and Sue, and, and thank you, God, for the new work and the healing that you will do through them and in them as well. And so, Lord, as I as I, I would I would pray a word of healing over Don and Sue that this this trip would bring a a completion, a a completion that has never been felt before. And like Don said, that uh, he he didn't want to be a pastor and he didn't want to be a missionary. And I ask you, Lord, that in healing his heart, that he would realize what he wants and that he realizes that what he wants is in you already. And so I ask you to heal him and heal Sue. And the Lord, I know uh, like last week we were praying for pain and, and stuff like that. We do believe that you can heal, Lord. And they, they, there are both in, in both these wonderful, faithful people, Lord, there are some physical ailments. And so I step out in faith and, and ask you, Lord, that you would touch Don and Sue with your healing touch and that you would make them whole. Yes. And I believe this in your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Amen. We claim that healing power to continue in in you, Patrick. 
Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, thank I you. Wanna, oh, can I pray something here? You may. Um, yeah, thank you. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this be these beautiful people. These are your people. These are your people. And they're all so different, beautiful expressions of your heart. And I thank you for each one. But I pray that you would blow your spirit on them in Jesus' name. You'd blow your spirit on them for these times, for these days. Lord, you are doing that. And that you would feed them beautifully in these days. Lord, I pray that you would keep the enemy far from them. And that uh, your the, the powerful, authoritative blood of Jesus would wash over each one. Father, I pray for a release in their spirits to continue to do your work. Yes. And I pray that it, for an, an increase for that in their lives as well. Mm. You guys, I just see just a garden of beautiful flowers and you're all so different and you're and, and so attractive and so beautiful. Um, Father, I thank you for these, my brothers and sisters. Lord, it is very clear to me that Don and I cannot do this trip without them, mm. period. So I, I just ask that you would just blow your spirit on them, that these will be really strong days in your word, in your presence, with your spirit. Lord, in the large things, but Lord, as we've also said today, in the small things. Mm. The small things that matter, the smile, the small act of service. Lord, thank you so much for them. And I, I just bless you in, in Jesus' name and thank God for you. Mm. Amen. Mm. Amen. And um, I'm, this is for anybody and everybody. The word forgiveness. Uh forgiveness is radiating through my spirit. Um, and also with that is, I'll just pray, Lord, whoever this word is for, and it could be for all of us, especially those who are older and probably have, can think of grievances of the past. I pray that you would not only show us what forgiveness is, what it means and how we can do it, regarding our personalities, our past, our present, but that you would take us by the hand and lead us to the freedom of forgiveness as a gift that we actually give ourselves for the freedom mm. and forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for whoever this word is for mm. and however mm. you want to do it, I trust in you. Amen. 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 That's good. And yes, as we... 
as we get ready to, to zoom out here, just one little favor, Chris and April, we're, we're coming to you. We don't know yeah. where you live. Could you send us an address, please? <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you, you've got divine intervention on your side. You'll, you'll find us. You'll find us. I, I think someone has overwhelming confidence. <laughs> who has no idea how directionally challenged I am. Okay, well, we'll trust that it will happen. If you don't, yeah. yes, you, you'll know what happened. Yes. We're looking forward to having you with us. Oh my gosh, we're yeah. looking forward it's to it. Too. We're, we're, looking for, we're looking forward to the revelation of where it is you live. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing that story when you come back. I, I look forward to it actually happening, actually. So. Uh, hey, I want to say before we jump off, Jeff Delzer, that's really a great view you've got. That's I know, cool. I know. I've been trying. I guess that's what you're seeing here, Dubai at night. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Or maybe he's inside and he left his computer on, and this is what we're seeing. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Oh well, <laughs> he comes home pretty soon, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, this is wonderful. Be looking for our itinerary, and uh, and and then we're going to give you updates, everybody. Yeah. I mean, we're hoping it's Tuesday, Thursday or something, but don't, you know, if something happens to worry about that, uh, it, the, whatever we send to you will probably look a little different. Okay. So, but we'll put VCP at the top and then we are planning on doing just what we're doing right now, you know, yeah. same time, same station on your end and we'll just be over in France. So yeah. What a blessing. Thank you all. That's great. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. God bless Bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.